As I look back on this road I've traveled, I see so many times He carried me through. If there's one thing that I've learned in my life, it's my Redeemer is faithful and true. Welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Adventist Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Rittenauer, and I am still recovering from my hip surgery. I think I've told you about that. I'm about a month out now, and I've graduated to a walker. I'm also kind of recovering from being at camp meeting. It was such a blessing, but the days were full and the nights were sometimes short, and I'm sure that that's the case for many of you that were there. And what a blessing it was, though, to be at camp meeting. Well, I have a special guest uh, today that you're going to want to listen to. I actually have Pastor John Bradshaw of It Is Written sitting here at the table with me. He's consented to take a few minutes of his time to spend with us. He's passing through on his way to the the Wisconsin camp meeting. Anyway, welcome, Pastor Bradshaw. Thank you, Tim. Great to be here. I'm, I'm delighted. Yes. Well, we're delighted to have you. So... Um, you're heading to Wisconsin tomorrow? Yes, yes. Looking and, forward to it. It's a great yeah, camp meeting. Yes. And how long will you be there? Then? Just the weekend. Just the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then what's next? Oh, next weekend, another camp meeting. And then the following week, camp meeting. And uh, I go to various places. And so a few camp meetings at this time Quite of year. And it's meetings. a great deal of fun. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, and then office work in between. And we're writing and filming. In fact, a couple of days we'll be in the studio filming various programs. So... Mm-hmm. A mix of all of that. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. it's not just camp meetings and nothing else. Uh, the work has to be done too. Yes, absolutely. So um, I would gather that most of the listeners out there know you and who we're talking to here. But in case somebody out there doesn't know, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what is It Is Written? Well, I'm fortunate to lead a ministry called It Is Written, which for ooh, how many years now? Uh, coming up 70 years, we're at mm. 67 this year. Mm-hmm. has been a media evangelism ministry, is a media evangelism ministry. Mm-hmm. So we conduct evangelistic meetings, we produce evangelism resources, we do evangelism training, mm-hmm. and we have for many, many years aired television programs. What started as one program in English has morphed into about 10 different regularly produced programs in English and Spanish, and we produce in American Sign Language as well. Hmm. We do mission trips and humanitarian projects. We have a wonderful children's ministry called My Place with Jesus. My wife leads that. Okay. Uh, and we're just scratching the surface. So there's a lot the ministry okay. does. And I'm thrilled and blessed to work with a great group of people doing God's work. Wonderful. Um, are there any, as you look down the pike right now, I know the ministries like your, like what you have, usually they have initiatives, big initiatives they sure. sometimes are launching out into. Uh, is there something like that going on at Israel right now? Well, every year we have a, at least one major North American evangelism thrust. This year it was in Ohio, Ohio in Idaho, uh, Idaho, just west of Boise in Treasure Valley. That was fabulous. And we saw God do very special things. Next year the focus is on Alaska, 
uh, after that. So each year there's a there's a major thing taking place. Okay. We just recorded a series, a special series of TV programs on the seven churches of Revelation. We filmed those in Turkey, well, and Greece because Patmos is in Greece, mm-hmm. and we just filmed a, a series of programs in England. So there are ongoing television program series that we're filming and developing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well, we have an ongoing humanitarian project where we do provide cataract surgery for people in India, hmm. people who otherwise could never afford it. They come in blind, either in one eye or two. Hmm. And after a couple of days when the bandages are off, they have wonderful sight. They get the gift of sight and life can go on for them. And it's a wonderful, not just a service, but a great bridge builder for Christians because mm-hmm. India, of course, is minority Christian, mm-hmm. uh, majority Hindu. So we serve Hindus and, uh, and Sikhs and Muslims and make a great amount of friends in doing that, friends mm-hmm. for Jesus. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So... Why I know in talking with my listeners, they love stories and they like they really like testimonies. Sure. So, um, was there ever a time in your life that, uh, well, in the words of the hymn writer, you were drifting far from the blissful shore? And if so, how did you come to know Jesus no, as I, your I, savior? I wasn't drifting. I mean, oh. I was I was way over on the opposite on the opposite side of the ocean. Oh, really? Yeah, there was no, wasn't even any drifting going on. Well, you know what? That might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I was raised a Roman Catholic. You see, you were mm-hmm. okay, and I was a happy young Roman Catholic. Um, my challenge was from time to time I would discover things about my faith that didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Hmm. I couldn't believe God would burn people in hell forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would believe it if it was true, but I couldn't imagine that was true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe you should pray to saints. Mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why you'd pray to a dead person when there was a perfectly uh, living Jesus that one could talk to. I didn't believe mm-hmm. in confessing my sins to a priest. Mm-hmm. I knew some of what these guys were like, ordinary human beings. They were drinkers and they were faulty, and we never had any priests as far as we knew that did anything really terrible, but... They were just ordinary people that didn't seem to me like the kind of folks you ought to be confessing your sins to. Mm-hmm. Have a brother who became a Seventh-day Adventist when I was quite young, and he explained to me the reason he goes to church on Saturdays because the Bible says that's the Sabbath day. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I didn't do anything about that. I was just a kid, but that stuck with me. And later on, it became a bit of a sore spot for me that my church did not attend on the day that the Bible specifies. To mm-hmm. me, that was a pretty big deal. Sure. So there's all kinds of things like that. Purgatory. I, no, I couldn't go for that. <laughs> yeah. And none of this was ever explained from the Bible. It was just taught as a as a, a, a doctrine of the church, mm-hmm. independent of the Bible. Mm-hmm. The infallibility of the Pope. I mean, come on. <laughs> just if yeah. you believe the magisterium, if you believe the traditions, well, of course he's infallible. Mm-hmm. But if 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 that's not your go to source of inspiration and authority, and you are using the Bible, which I was not using at the time and common sense, mm-hmm. an infallible man when he speaks ex cathedra, that is on matters of faith. Mm-hmm. So that was that, Tim. I just came to this place in my faith that I was a non-Catholic Catholic. I was looking for meaning in my faith because mm-hmm. in addition to it not making sense, I wasn't a good human. Mm-hmm. And I, I was under the impression that you had to be a good person to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake in teaching. You don't need sure. to be good. You need to be saved. Mm-hmm. You need to be holy or righteous. I mm-hmm. was none of that. Uh, 
and I didn't know how I could be good enough to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for meaning in my faith. I wasn't finding it. I was in Ireland once visiting the country. I believed here, surely, I will find meaning in my faith. Mm-hmm. I will learn how to be good, and maybe it'll all make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I left St. Saviour's Church in Limerick, Ireland, deflated, and I felt defeated. And I said to God, I am never going back to church again until you show me the truth. Okay. The weight of the world rolled off. I went back to the home I was living in in London, and waiting for me in the mail was a copy of a book called The Great Controversy. What? My Adventist How brother. How did they get? Oh, your brother. My Adventist <laughs> brother had given me one I did not read. He gave me a second one I did not read. I I, I nibbled around the edges very briefly, but I did not read it. Mm-hmm. And by the time this part of my life came around, I wrote to that brother and I said, "What was that book you gave me?" Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting? It wasn't just the book, but my brother had given me other books. Mm-hmm. One about health, written by Herb Douglas and Lewis Walton, mm. how to survive the. 80s or 90s? It was, it, was, yeah. it was both, actually, two versions. Mm-hmm. And I looked, it must have been the 80s. It doesn't matter now. And I read that and thought, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I knew that what my brother was giving me made sense. Mm-hmm. So instead of him giving me just the great controversy, he gave me a couple of books so that I would develop faith in what he was giving me. Mm-hmm. So I read the great controversy. It answered so many questions. Mm-hmm. I found the answer to the problem about being good enough, learning that one could never be good enough, but when you accept Jesus as your Savior, His goodness counts in place of your badness, mm-hmm. and then with Jesus in your heart, you will grow and grow and develop mm-hmm. a character more like His. Yes. Absolutely. So that answered that question, the righteousness by faith question. Mm-hmm. I learned, of course, that the dead uh, sleep and that, that mm-hmm. you don't pray to saints because they're, they're dead and they're asleep. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. appealed to me. I remember as an altar boy going to many funerals in the church, the priest would say, and we are so happy today because grandfather, whoever it might be, is in heaven now and he is praising the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then we would go to the cemetery where the body would be interred. And um, the same priest would say, the same man, well, now we commit his body to the heart of the earth where he will wait until that great day when the resurrection takes place at the return of Jesus. So I'm trying to figure out to him how one dead person can be in two places at one time. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. So the great controversy answered a great many questions. I put the book down, picked up the phone, called the operator in London, England. I asked the operator for the phone number of the Seventh-day Adventist Cathedral because I wanted to go to the head <laughs> okay, office sure. and maybe talk to a cardinal. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah. long story short, I wound up at the New Gallery Church in central London, and a wonderful pastor was just a kind and gracious man. His name was David Cox, mm-hmm. and he was so kind to me and so patient with me. And when I asked him questions, he opened the Bible and explained the questions mm. from the Bible, gave me answers from Scripture. Amen. So I, I, I was searching, you know, the Sabbath, that's a big one because it's so clear. Mm-hmm. It's so clear. And mm-hmm. once you decide you're going to keep the seven-day Sabbath, your options are kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the Adventist church, I found a system of truth interconnected that all points to Jesus and is all substantiated in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I went to other churches where it wasn't so, even though there might have been nice folks, it, it wasn't entirely biblical. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how I came to be a seven day Adventist. Wow. Yeah. By the grace of God, I'm very, very thankful that yes. he was so good and so kind as to lead me this awful sinner he reached down a long way from where he was and <laughs> placed his hand on my life yeah well he reached down a long way for me too yeah for all, all of us, us actually yes yes 
there's another question that came to my mind as you were sharing your testimony there, but we cannot deny the fact that Jesus is coming soon. The signs of the times are fulfilling. No question. And it's just, uh, it's a privilege to be living at this time. But yes. there are verses in the Bible that can be a little bit troubling. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of verses like, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. Sure. I'm thinking of the the parable of the ten virgins, was yeah. five are wise, five are fools, so half of them don't make it. Yeah, but and, all, all ten and, of them are sleeping. And, and all of them are sleeping. Yeah. And then we think of the message to Laodicea, etc. There's other verses that, well, there's the verse that says, if it were possible, even the very elect could be deceived. Surely. So, so there are those who think they're heaven bound, yeah. but they really aren't. How can we have the assurance and know that we're on the right path and that we're going to be on the right side of this great controversy when it all comes crashing down? John wrote in 1 John five thirteen, these things I've written to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. Okay. So as you mentioned in Laodicea, they don't even realize that they're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. They say mm-hmm. we're rich and increased with goods and we have need of nothing. And of course, they're dead wrong. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you genuinely accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What is genuinely? Well, you know what genuinely is. Mm -hmm. You mean it. Mm -hmm. Then as God brings to you areas for growth in your life, you simply maintain a surrender. Mm -hmm. You maintain a surrender. You maintain a surrender. Mm -hmm. If you're honest with God and honest with yourself, you have nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus wants us to have assurance of salvation and not to worry. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I'm just going to pick on. No, I won't pick on anybody or anything. But you have a terrible habit. You, mm-hmm. may, you may not even think it's a terrible habit. Yep. God says, this is against my will. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think a person is lost because of their bad habit. I don't think anyone was ever lost about it because of a bad habit. I think they're lost because they failed to surrender that to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the lack of surrender. Mm-hmm. So when Christ comes to you and he says, you know, that's got to go or this ought to happen, and you fight that off, mm-hmm. he will convict you and speak to your heart, mm-hmm. and you will be aware of that. Mm-hmm. But if you choose to push that conviction away, well, then you distance yourself from God. And you may be telling God, I don't really want to go to heaven because I don't want to live life on your terms. I want to live life on my terms. Mm-hmm. Salvation is for the surrendered, mm-hmm. for the person who prays the prayer Jesus prayed when he said, not mm-hmm. my will, but your will be done. And if a person can know that he or she has surrendered fully to Jesus, then that person can know that he or she has the gift of everlasting life. Now, you mm-hmm. see... I made a surrender yesterday, and today I hit my thumb with a hammer and said something that a lost person would say. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be that you're growing. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you should look at a mistake in your life or where you fall short and deduce that you are lost. Mm-hmm. If that were the case, we'd all be lost. Mm-hmm. But when you see a growth opportunity and you tell God, no thanks, uh, that's a time to have a pretty good period of soul searching to ask mm-hmm. yourself if you are in fact a Christian or not. And there's another thing, two things I'll add. Okay. One, maybe it's one thing. One surrender isn't accomplished in a moment. Sure. It's accomplished over time. Mm-hmm. So you can surrender to Jesus when you have your personal devotions in the morning as sincerely as you want, but it's not a one-shot thing. Mm-hmm. It's learning to come to the place where you maintain a surrender to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So a surrender this morning doesn't necessarily protect me from temptation at 7 o'clock tonight or 5.30 in the evening. Mm-hmm. You need to surrender then as well. So mm-hmm. salvation 
is about growing in this way to this place where you are just saying yes to Jesus along the way. Mm-hmm. It's a constant yes to Jesus. And that's a growth and it takes time and it's okay that it takes time. Growth takes time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm reminded of the statement, uh, I think it's the steps to Christ. It's not our occasional good deeds or misdeeds, but the trend and direction of the life. And that's correct. So that's, uh, uh, that's what correct. you're saying reminds I've, me I've heard that. people I, use that as a, as a crutch, but I don't think an oh, honest person will. I know that's okay. not how you meant it. Okay, yeah. um, Because, you know, you could be living a careless life and say, well, it's not the, it's sure. not the occasional. Sure. But it isn't, and you're, you're dead right. And as Christ speaks to you about that occasional deed or misdeed, you'll hear his voice, mm-hmm. and you'll bring that to Christ in prayer as a growth area. And you know something? Tim, I mentioned uh, a daily devotional experience. Mm-hmm. Oof, a lot of people who are not having that. No. And not taking time to pray every day. They're not no. taking time to read every day. And, and that's when life can get a bit scratchy yes. as a Christian. Your experience yes. isn't going to be everything you want it to be. Right, right, absolutely. In fact, it cannot be. Yeah, yeah, no. I would be afraid to live a day without Christ and without that daily devotion. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, uh, because what you're doing, it, it, Jesus says, hey, meet me, meet me at 5.30, 6, 6.30, whatever time in the morning. Meet mm-hmm. me at 7 in the morning. Let's spend some time together so that I can have your heart, so you can face your day with me mm-hmm. in your heart. Mm-hmm. Not showing up to that appointment is you saying to Jesus, no thanks. Yeah. I'm fine. Right. I've got this. You right. let me take care of this. Right. Which is a recipe for spiritual catastrophe. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, we have another appointment we need to get to here. Sure. So I could go on and on and on, but I think we'll bring this to a close. And if you could be so kind as to have prayer for us and our listeners, I'd be so happy to. You go. Let thank me do that you. now. Now, Father, thank you. Not just that we can meet and talk and discuss faith in Jesus, which, is, which encourages us. But thank you that we can be believers in Jesus and know from experience and know based on your promises that you're with us always. We thank you for the gift of salvation. Give us grace to live in a surrendered fashion. Take our hearts, make them yours. And if there's somebody struggling right now, reassure that person, strengthen that one, and allow that person to find hope and forgiveness in an ongoing relationship with Jesus. We thank you. We love you. Help us to love you more, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You've been listening to the Minnesota Adventist Podcast with your host, Tim Rittenauer. And today, we've had the privilege of interviewing Pastor John Bradshaw of It Is Written. God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace until we meet with you again.